Then the biggest concern with the propaganda techniques or propaganda techniques is that you do create a multiverse, basically, where people are committed to a reality that may or may not be based on fact. And that's then continually reinforced. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Ogunlana. It's great to have the crew back. We're here sitting right after an election, and we have a president-elect, but some people don't believe it, despite actually the pres- this president, uh, vice president-elect, or president-elect, I should say, Joe Biden, and vice president-elect Kamala Harris, receiving the second most votes in history. There are people that believe somehow it's not true, it's fraudulent, but we know now even... Uh, the present occupant of the White House, who soon will not be in a few days uh, in the White House, is now accepting, it seems to be seemingly accepting reality little by little. Uh, but the fact that we got here should tell you something. It should, it should really worry you. You know, the fact is, before we got here, we know what has been tried. We know that this president was firing the, the heads of security, was hot, was firing people in the military, anybody that's, that dare spoke the truth, anybody that would contravene anything that 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 indicated the absolute truth that Joe Biden was the president elect. And it's not like this is a close election. It's not like this was a it's an election where we had to really worry about things. It's actually the election wasn't even that close when they counted the numbers. He's gonna go up in like seven or eight states. He could take away Georgia, he was still one. You could take away Arizona, he was still one. You could take away Pennsylvania, he was still would have won. There was no scenario under any anywhere on this earth now. But here we have propaganda where we have multiple earths and you know, by the way, Side note, I'm a very, I'm a geek. I love, I love multi-universes. I, I was in the spider and the spider universes where there were multiple Spider-Mans. All that's cool. Right now we are on planet Earth that we know of. And what we, what we, we don't know about these alternative universes, but there are people that believe in an alternative universe where, where Trump actually won the election running away. And people actually believe that. And it's because he has used, and he's been very effective in using propaganda and the right has used propaganda in a way that's that's effective. I'm not just talking about campaign strategy. No, 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 no. If you look at Russian propaganda, the Ru- Russians have been the best at it. They can they can convince people when they're taking over their country, taking over other countries, killing people, that this was something that people consented to. Why? Because propaganda works. And for it to work, it has to be rapid, it has to be repetitive, and it has to have no commitment, zero commitment to consistency. Hmm. Sounds a lot like Trump, doesn't it? Sounds a lot like the right. It's because it is. But I, but I want people to know, James Tunde, why should people care about propaganda? Some people are just going to say, look, this is just like, this is just campaigning. This is all it is. People are just spinning. People are just trying to win the argument. But it's not anything we should worry about. It's not anything that matters that much. It's just how campaigning goes. What do you say to people when you hear that? Because I believe some people believe that. Well, for me, you you need, yeah, I I think that the biggest difference and the biggest concern with the propaganda techniques or propaganda techniques is that you do create a multiverse, basically, where people are committed to a reality that may or may not be based on fact. And that's then continually reinforced. Um, You need now I I view things. I'm an attorney, so obviously I view things through a certain lens. And a lot of things are, are in, in court or in legal proceedings are based on evidence and substantiation of things that you say or thing positions that you take. But the which is, by the key, way, important point. 
important point very quickly while you're on that, mm -hmm. which is why even though the Trump lawyers would say, even though people would go on TV and literally lie when they went to court, what happened? They didn't say that. They said, well, no, we got, we got no, no evidence of fraud. Well, yeah, they, they couldn't substantiate the wilder claims that we'd see in the media. And so as, but if you don't have the evidence, if you don't have the proof, then what we've seen uh, and throughout history, but we have a real, it's different in the modern era with, era with, with uh, social media and just the prevalence of all types of media all over the place. We don't just have three main networks or something like that. But right. what we've seen is that even when you don't have facts on your side or evidence on your side, that you can, using propaganda techniques, using techniques that are very propaganda-like, or you could just call propaganda, you can create the illusion of evidence or truth or fact in people's minds, people who are receptive to that message. And so as a result, the there's a disconnect between what you can substantiate and what you can get people to believe. And when you have that disconnect, basically it's hard to have a national narrative based around truth, based around fact, and based around evidence. It's just all about what people want to believe. And then, it, it, and then we'll, I'm sure we'll get into later when then we, that's actually subjected to market pressures now where people can shop around for whatever truth they want. And again, it's then hard to have a discussion based on truth, based on facts, based on evidence, as far as what did happen and what needs to happen moving forward. Yeah. Tunde, what are your thoughts on the fact that people might view this as, oh, well, this is nothing more than regular campaigning and we just shouldn't really worry about it. Maybe we're Overhyping this because we're crazy liberals, which I don't know if any of us are crazy Tunde's liberals. Like, yeah, Tunde is center right. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you exactly. can't be accused of being a liberal. Well, I don't think you guys are crazy liberals either. I think you know we're just Americans that believe in the system and um, that we're not a monarchy. And um, but before I go into my diatribe, I want to say I appreciate you guys bringing up the multiverse. Um, I know it's unintentional, but with my MIT shirt and my space background, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty cool here. I'm a nerd. I, I like this stuff. I'm a bunch yeah, of no, me too. That's what I'm saying. So um, but no, it's, um, you know, because when you guys were talking, I was writing some notes because it got me thinking. And really, the, the thought that came to mind was the word accountability. And your point is very well taken, Rob, about what happened when they went into the court. Because that's what happened is that's the first place where someone held at least the attorneys for the campaign accountable in a way that was going to hurt them. Right. I mean, I think all human beings, we work on a carrot and a stick in some in some kind of way. So the idea that I'm getting at is, you know, from one of the transcripts I read, the judge basically threatened the attorney who was in front of him at the time, um, basically to like to, to, to basically reprimand him with the state bar association. Right. And that's when the attorney kind of capitulated and said, you know, I have no evidence of of um, of any of this. You got to hold himself like, wait, so, up, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's what I mean, because the, the, the judge threatened, you know, basically the, the, the way the person puts food on their table. Right. So so what I'm saying is and that's what it got down to me where I wrote down here. Leadership matters, because I think my disappointment as an American um, first and not a political party member, because I'm actually a registered independent since my early 20s. But as an American, is that the leadership of the Republican Party, that's my disappointment, um, because they're the ones who are supposed to hold, you know, not only the president and, and other members of their party accountable, but in a certain way, the public um, in terms of at least accepting. So I think many of us have seen the, the, the footage of what happened in 2008. 
with John McCain when he um, had his concession speech. And what happened was when um, he tried to get the crowd that was in front of him at the time to accept the fact that he was not going to be the next president, that his opponent would be the crowd booed. And he kind of told them, you guys calm down. You know, this guy's an American, you know, he'll be president. We got to unite. Now, maybe the base of the Republican Party post-2008 didn't follow his lead, but at least the symbolic gesture of him being a leader was that. And that got me thinking, too, that this moment may have been inevitable um, because of between the changing demographics, the mood of, of, of certain people in this country, and then what you guys got to with the propaganda. At the same time, the culmination of the, the, um, the um, internet infrastructure with social media, let's say 2006 through 2010. And I think it was lightning speed and, and no one could see it coming in that way and, and the way that it would be manipulated and used on, on Americans. So I think now we're at post a decade and we have a chance to reflect. And you guys are right. This is a very interesting time um, I think propaganda is something that's been with us forever in terms it of has. human history, but it's just that what do we do now? And I think yeah. that's the question. And we have, and, I, and I'll just say this to your point about the Republican leadership and what needed to happen. I think both Republicans and Democrats were guilty of this. And I, and I still think there is some guilt with this. They underestimate the power of propaganda. They overestimate the ability of people to be able to combat it. And they assumed and Republicans did, and so did Democrats. I remember having conversations with Democrats who told me there was no way in po- possible Donald Trump could be elected. And my thing is, like, I don't think it should happen, but I think it is definitely a possibility, and it's close to 50%. I told people that during the first election. And I said, because I, and I think he's having actually a pretty effective message, and people would really get upset with me, really get emotional. I'm talking about Democrats. Republicans, there were some, obviously, they were true believers, a lot, there were a lot of them, but then they were those in the establishment that would just say, well, he's probably not going to win, so I'm just going to just duck and hide. And they assumed that he wasn't going to win. So I think both parties were responsible for uh, underestimating the threat, not only of Trump, but of the propaganda of the bill uh, and how effective that could be over years and how disenchanted people were. So I think when we talk about propaganda, why it's different, people need to understand the real threat and how it's still there too, James. Well, yeah, I was going to say people underestimated the the appeal that appealing to um, some core emotion and less of a, a rational argument and more core emotion would have on Americans. And that's something Republicans and Democrats are oftentimes both guilty of, as just Americans are guilty of, is American exceptionalism. And so, you know, the whole thought, you know, it goes back, you know, it's 80 years at this point. It, could, it couldn't ca- happen here. Um, and so what we saw is that it, we saw it, it happen here, you know, in terms of the demagoguery, you know, like just m- all my opponents are evil and, you know, that that stuff could really take root and, and flourish in a way that, that just grasps Americans. And that's something that, you know, Americans, thoughtful Americans on all sides of the aisle have thought that just couldn't take hold here. We've looked at other countries. We looked down at other countries and said, oh, you know, just, you know, the, the, the a charismatic leader wouldn't be able to come here. And with no, you know, with, with no substance, much of what, really what they're talking about, but just appealing on raw emotion and, and really make cover much ground. But, you know, like that, that's the American exceptionalism argument was 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 shown to be incorrect in that sense. You know, we're still human beings. And so, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the question we're going to have to get to at a certain point for all of us is it, it, 
propaganda has always been here, but it's always been in different forms because propaganda depends on the nature of the media at that moment. And so propaganda, propaganda techniques have now been clearly defined for how they operate in this type of media environment. And if you go back to the previous type of media environment, we consider propaganda to be state run media, like one news channel owned by the state. And they told you uh, that was your only source of information. Right. And the argument now now is that we have all this information. Right. And and we also are saying we now people, the false belief that people had, James, was that because there's more information, people would therefore be more informed. (laughs) Well, people, there was an assumption that you have this assumption going back to the Enlightenment period that people people would, 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 would default to or or automatically veer towards finding truth. And so in what we see, no, they don't, they, they default, this is Tunde's phrase, or the way Tunde puts it, they default to finding their truth, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. objective truth, but they and try that, to find that's, the, that's, what, what that's actually really brilliant. hits home for them. That's brilliant. Well, it's, and it's a good point, James, because- they default think, to their truth, you know, Tunde, I just want That's Tunde's point. That's that Tunde's point. We're going to trade, you have a trademark attorney to my left here. You need to, copy, <laughs> you need to copyright that. It's not just that, it's a copyright, right? You need to copyright I'll, that. I'll let someone else steal it. No, but I was going to say, I think James's point about the Enlightenment going that far back is valid because I think, you know, it's it's even it's it's I'll I'll get more focused on that and say the idea was that with enough information, people would would lean towards reason. Yeah. And that you wouldn't have this type of mob mentalities and all that. And I think that was really when you see um, and I think it's unfortunate that, you know, again, those who kind of don't have the full understanding or they got confirmation bias that tells them it's a conspiracy. You know, if you look at the back of the dollar bill, that doesn't, that word in Latin doesn't say new world order. It actually means a new secular order. The idea was that you were supposed to, this was going to be a land of reason. That wasn't a monarchy. That's why we have right in the first amendment that the Congress shall not formalize any religion in this country. We have a very clear separation of church and state because at the time, remember this is 1700s, you had a lot of um, religious refugees coming from Europe. Remember, the Catholic Church had a, had a very long stronghold, and you had a lot of Protestants coming out of England, and you had a lot of Protestants, Lutherans coming out of Germany and all that. So what happened was this was supposed to be an experiment where people from all different parts of the world, well, let's just say all different parts of Europe at the time, um, and, and different thoughts and, and different backgrounds could come and share a land and a country in a cohesive way that wasn't going to be ruled by emotion or mob rule or to the purpose of this conversation, propaganda. And yeah. so the idea was reason. So And they well, are one person, one entity, or a very correct. controlled set of powers will be able to take over. Correct. But 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 to 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 speed it up, not to fast forward to today, and I think this is something that I've said um uh in the past you know year and and you guys have heard me say it and it's a it's a bit of a humility play which is, I was naive, right? Like, I think part of this is, it's like getting punched in the face. You kind of get punched in the face in 08 through 2012, 2015, 2016, right? Meaning you got all this kind of propaganda, misinformation. I think what happened is people like us were kind of trying to rationalize and reason it. What do you mean the president's not born in the United States? That he's, you know, there's no evidence of this. Why would you think that? What do you mean that, you know, um, um, well, no, Tunde, um, let me just add you real know, quick. Tunde, Why would you think yeah. that in the absence of any confirmed evidence? But go ahead. Yeah, well, and but what I'm saying is... No, because I can tell you, because he believed in the goodness of people, he defaulted to the... Yeah, no, that's... But, people but, are good. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, I heard conspiracy... And rationality. 
No, that's but the I better way cons- to say it because the good is too vague. Rational. No, but but this isn't the first time any of us have heard conspiracy theories. I mean, I was telling James the other day on the phone, like, think about the contrails and the planes, right? That's a conspiracy theory. The difference is, to your point, Rob, from the beginning of, of the opening of the show is it, it wasn't until kind of this last decade or so that you had the algorithms, the social media, the ability for it to be constantly in someone's face. So what happens is under a prior life that we all lived prior to all this technology stuff and social media, you could kind of catch somebody who might be telling you, hey, man, I heard that the president wasn't born here and all that. You actually might be able to have a conversation. And if two or three people had that same conversation with that one person, that person might get off the ledge a bit and not believe it as much. But what happens is the phone's right here. And no matter how much we try and come from the outside, talk to them, they got this thing telling them something constantly. Yeah, they'll, they'll believe it. And people believe it. Constant you know? reinforcement. Yeah. yeah Constant and, reinforcement. And, and, like, it, and it's really people and it's, and it's people that we're close to. So, you know. But that's why, I, just to finish and then I'll finish, shut up ahead. here, is, is that's why I'm not as doom and gloom uh, as some are. I'm not saying you guys. Because I feel like, you know, it, uh, Mark Twain had this great line that, that a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can put its shoes on. And I think that's what's happened this last decade. Most of us are just getting our shoes on when a lot of this stuff already been peddled out there. So there'll be, like you guys said, right, this is the new printing press. There'll be a way that the system gets around to controlling this. Personally, I think it's dealing with big tech at some point, but that's out of my control. See, see I think that's but, the, I think that's it. Uh, it's not just big tech, right? So Fox News, for example, has been in training for a long time, but even before social media took off to its height. As you stated earlier, it wasn't just... You know, Fox News was literally created. Uh, part of its part of its genesis was the was actually after Nixon. They didn't want to have any other president get kicked out like this, and they had and they wanted to make sure that they could control the narrative. And they care, and it's less about they're more of a they are they are propaganda though they've had limits. I will give them this much credit. They've at uh, least acknowledged they've shown that, us their limits that is that we have a Biden that we have a president elect and it's Biden. Well, they've but they've been a they slippery act, slope they, too though because they're they had their limits correct. were I mean, I'll, more. I'll, I'll, and then they saw how much money, how, how and it, this is something that you have to deal with as well. The market forces will oftentimes want you to slip more and well, more. We're getting and into more that right now. So, the, so let's go there. The, the profit this, side. Um, well, I, there was one other point I wanted to make with, with Tunde's point. Go ahead. Point, go ahead. Now I want to go to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's, that's a big part of it in terms of how to deal with it. Um, and, and just with our country, though, I mean, I think that we also have to acknowledge that America and the United States of America, you know, we, we've had kind of a conflict ongoing in America since the beginning as well. Like, and we, we can't, and that a lot of that just comes to a head at, at various times, you know? And so right now it's coming to a head again. The, the question is whether we're going to be a secular democracy or whether religion should dominate in our courts or in our, in our laws, you know, and that, that f- battle's been fought over the Senate control. And, and that's the one battle. And so forth. There's another and versus the first amendment, you know, like right. with, where they fought, they settled it, but, the people who they thought they beat in that argument did not give up. And then you have the whether we're going to be a multiracial democracy yeah, there, or that. a I was, I was democracy like that. <laughs> that where there is a where there's privilege at play. And there are yep. privileged classes of people based on race and underprivileged classes based on race or status and so forth. And so both of those battles have been playing out. And we're just seeing the, the fight is just continuing on. And the, the Internet, social media, our media environment now brings it to a head. Uh, more in our face, I should say, all the time now, and and allows people to to become immersed in certain points of view, which may or may not be based on fact because of the propaganda and because the market forces, which I know you're about to get into, 
oftentimes compel actors in the media space well, let's just talk about to tell that. people you went what to they it, want like, to hear. Yeah, the market forces compel this. We know Fox News did this for, I think, for political reasons, but also purely economic reasons. There were people that wanted to have their views reinforced. And and some of some in the conservative side believe that the media was out to get them if they said anything, even if it was a fact. Oh, they're talking about climate change. They're biased. Oh, they're talking about this racism. They're biased. So they wanted someone that would frame things in a way that was receptive to them. And they found out that you can essentially combine some elements of propaganda and entertainment and make a bunch of money and make it look like news. So people feel like they're getting news while getting entertained, while 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 reinforcing their own biases. So, but I think we should back up from that though, because I, I would say that when like the, the thought process on the surface that they, that Fox gave, um, in terms of providing conservative framing, I think is legitimate. Um, I do believe that I don't think media companies, there are no liberal media companies, uh, you know, like because they're owned by major corporations, major corporations aren't liberal, but no people in media oftentimes tend to skew more left view of life, of, of things. They are more suspicious of authority, of central authority, for example. Um, they're more oftentimes going to just be more receptive to outsiders. You know, like just that's just how the, the type of people that get in the media a lot of times, not all the time. And so you did see issues be framed in a way that I could see why somebody on the right would say, oh, or in the center right, I should say, would be like, well, but the way you frame the issue, you always set us up to be a bad guy. Now. That may or may not have been really what was going on, but that was the stated, that was the stuff they were saying they were doing. And and, and they did to some degree. You know, like when Wesley Clark is up there, you know, like like there were people that were trying to do that. But as you're noting, it, it... once you started, but, it, it became but, a slippery But I'll say slope. it started. It, yeah, it, de- it definitely, they definitely crept. Uh, they creeped to a whole to they w- where they would actually. I'll give you one example out of many. When they started the whole when when Trump started the whole Barack Obama is he born in another nation the whole birther thing. At first, they totally shut it down, but then see people were liking it, and then they kind of played with it and entertained it. And I, and I, with this view, like okay, we played and entertained it. Our, our 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 media likes it, but then we'll pull it back if we need to. But here's the question: Now you're seeing. With Biden, clearly he, he he's president elect, and they had to they had to acknowledge it because there were limits that they haven't passed yet, but they've gone further than a lot of people thought they would, but they didn't want to go this far, and now people are upset with them, and now they're abandoning Fox News to go to whatever the I think there's Owen, there's other stuff that's even more that's willing to tell you even more of what you want to believe that's willing to so now they've opened up this Pandora box. The question is where do we go from here? Like. What can be done with the market forces driving people? What do we do? And what can well, be done? Tunde what do you think happens a, next with the right wing? Tunde had an excellent point about ahead, the, the news desk versus the opinion desk also on Fox, like enter Fox. I'm not going to steal it. I mean, like it was, it was a really good point as far as when he would watch that. Yeah, no, just um, basically that, you know, if you watch Fox before probably seven, eight o'clock at night, you're getting some actual really good factual information. I think they did a great job um, in trying to thread the needle that they, like you guys say, created. I'm not naive to that. You know, I, I feel like they created this Frankenstein's monster and they realize now it's out of control and they trying to thread that needle of understanding their base. Uh, or a lot of the viewers have PTSD literally since November 4th. So they're trying to be appreciative of that, but also trying to tell them what happened in a factual way and saying, look, this happened and you can't, you know, this isn't basically running against the narrative that's been coming out of the White House um, in terms of their own defense of the election. Um, Post seven, eight o'clock when it's the opinion time, then all bets are off and I got no idea what they're going to say. But even though we've seen them in the last week, 
that some of those guys had limits. But um, but no, I think that um, it's interesting because going back to even the, the 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 creation of the Frankenstein's monster, I think that goes back to my thought of where leadership's important. And again, it, it's it's where there's a lot of fuzzing of the lines here, right? I'm not expecting a private corporation as publicly traded to be a leader of the United States. So I, I understand Fox has its own interest of getting its own viewers, making revenue, paying shareholders and all that. I get it. But to you guys' point, right? You're right. They were being cute with the birtherism. They wouldn't say that it's BS, but they would, you know, they wouldn't totally embrace it, but they played that line where they knew that, okay, people that want to believe this, we're going to give them a place to at least watch a show without getting pissed off. And that's where I think where McCain kind of showed himself to be the last true stand-up guy in that party. And by the way, that's also effective propaganda to tell a little bit of truth. So truth to it goes back to what you say, like because then, actually news. then this no is, this one, is what propaganda is. Yeah, no one knows what the real truth is, and they default to their truth, which for a lot of people was that the former president wasn't American. And my point is, and I want to be very clear, you know, for whoever's watching us now is, you know, I'm not saying this in defense of Barack Obama or because I'm in love with Barack Obama or anything to do with Obama being a great guy or that they should leave him alone or nothing. I don't care about any of that. Politics is dirty. I get it. My point is, is that at some point there needs we are, we're all Americans. And the problem is, is that by by Fox and other legitimate sources, including politicians, allowing stuff like that to happen, just like now, post-election, when a lot of politicians know better. I'm not talking about the voters here. I get it that they've been uh, manipulated beyond control. So I give them a benefit of the doubt that some of them just believe it. And, you know, that's because their sources told them. But, you know, again, we got the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, a guy named Lindsey Graham. He knows better. Guys like Ted Cruz. Who, by the way, who told people back up there for a minute? Lindsey Graham told told the Georgia Secretary of State to throw out votes. No, I know. And I so, mean, just say that out loud really quick. This, a senator in the United States who's the head of the Judiciary Committee told someone to throw out votes and then got upset. I think it's really important. Got up and then got upset. And then a lot of people got upset with the Secretary of State of Georgia. And now they're upset with the, the governor of Georgia. And these people are Republican know, of Republicans of Republican. They're, they're actually, they're like the true conservatives out there, not the sycophant types. And and that's the funny thing. It's just a not They're pretty sad, close to the sycophant but, types. Brian but, Kemp, like these people. No, but what I'm saying is. <laughs> I'm just trying to say like. Brian no, no. Kemp was throwing out votes like is, crazy in 2018. Like when it was yeah, hit, no, when it was that's, on the ballot. But what I'm saying is. But yeah. what I'm saying is that's a traditional Republican throwing out the votes in 2018. What I'm saying is. He's a party loyalist that's played the game, and now he's not even pure enough. That's really the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. No, but to finish the point I was, I was getting at was that, the, to me, the leadership is important because that's why I don't blame the voter as much. Because if you've got people that are like senators, right, there's only 100 senators in the United States out of 300 plus million people. We have always revered these type of positions as important people that we should respect. So if you have, that's where I feel like the interference is coming from. That, that, and, and where I was getting at with the birtherism and all that and the cuteness of it is not, again, not to defend Barack Obama. He's a politician. He can defend himself. What's happening is what I was worried about is what's played out now. To me, yeah. it's a national security threat. Well, it is. It, Listen, it, it he's is, literally is. firing people that don't, uh, that, that, that acknowledge reality. No, but what I'm saying is the prime, the, 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 the pump has been primed. This has happened, started way before Trump. That's what I'm saying. Trump, 
is people give Trump too much credit for this. What I'm saying is the fact that 47% of the Republican um, voters that were polled during the Obama administration believe that their own president of their country was illegitimate is a national security threat because that allowed this to happen now. You see what I'm saying? It allowed the Russians to come in in 16 and play this game. And so that's where I'm saying that I'm disappointed in the Republican leadership post John McCain, because we never saw anyone like that again, except for Mitt Romney, who I respect. And, and guys like Jeff Flake and Corker, too, are no longer there. But I'm saying the guys that are still there now, we've never seen any of them come out, really. And, and Chris Christie has recently in his last few days, but he's again, he's not a sitting politician. So it's Mitt Romney is the only current guy who's elected and in office that has stood up and said, this is bullshit. This is not American. And this is how we destroy ourselves. Well, there's and more people now. He was just the first one. Like, I think Lisa Murkowski from Alaska came out to, you know, like in the past day or so. Um, in Florida, bro. I, I'm too far from Alaska to know what she's talking about. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hey, there's only 100 of them. I but need no, my I mean, satellite I, I think that behind me to figure out what you they're gotta, talking about. But you have to, to, to drill back on this point of the market incentive with entertainment. If you're in the entertainment business, you have to you have to make people feel a certain way so they keep you keep their eyeballs so they keep watching or keep listening. And if you're in the news business, you're supposed to provide people with truthful information. Well, what's happened though is that the the entertainment business is more lucrative than the news business. And so when you have news companies trying to respond to entertainment type incentives. They want to give news that makes their audience feel a certain way, to make them feel good or makes them feel correct. And so that creates pressure for them to adjust what they tell them or to outright lie to them sometimes. And so that's what you have. That's what you have when you have when Fox News calls Biden president elect and their viewers revolt and start saying we're not going to watch you anymore. And then Fox News is like, oh my gosh, we, how are we, what do you mean you're not going to watch us anymore? That's how we make money is people watching us. And so as a result, they are beholden almost to their audience. If their audience is saying, hey, we don't want to hear that Trump lost the election, then they, that puts them in a very, very tough spot. That's what, I think the description of Frankenstein's yes, monster. We want you to continue the, to lie to us to make us feel good because this well, is what you've they, done. Just tell us what we want to hear. And and so like I think Frankenstein and, and, and monster Fox is, is them. Fox is. But let me. That's the point freedom. I was going to make. Go ahead. I think the Frankenstein monster way to put that is a very good way. Is is a very uh, descriptive way and an apt way to describe this because Fox actually created that expectation and, and right-wing media in general created that expectation over the years with white lies and smaller things and smaller things. The, yeah, Trump gets too much. Trump, Trump didn't create this. Trump just understands its power and has, has the shamelessness to, to try to fully leverage the power to his own advantage. And so and not only that, he's able to, he has shamelessness. He, he does the exact stuff. He's repetitive. And he has he lacks any commitment to any type of consistency. <laughs> not it's not about truth. It's a really important point. It's well, lack one of consistency. one consistency, and that is he is. It has to be in, in his favor. You know, like that's the thing. Oh, like, well, and that's yeah, 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 yeah. His yeah. test well, for he's loyalty. consistent on that. Yeah, he's yes. and that's the thing. Like he actually personalizes every issue to where you either agree with him or you are his enemy. You know, and that's how you lose. Uh, you have people at the Homeland Security, you know, like the yeah. Chris, Chris and, and people Krebs. believe this. Let me say this, like, this is an important point I want to have. Okay, go ahead. People believe this, James. And the, and the issue, and I think proponents of the truth, Democrats, independents, folks that saw this person for who he was. And, and I saw an article that said, 
uh, it, it was it was one of my progressive friends put it up. They said, you know, uh, good people don't support a bad person. False. Good people support bad people all the time, and they don't know. And I'm. You look at what happened, and I know people hate this comparison, but Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany is a very good example of where we don't want to get to. And my point is that it didn't get there overnight. He started taking steps and steps and steps, and I don't think we're going to get there because our system is correcting. But what people were allowing to happen, you know, like oh, no big deal. It's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen here. The minute the minute you think that you're not vulnerable to something, you are vulnerable to it. Anything can happen anywhere unless we remain vigilant, which is why people need to understand what has happened here. And I, I want to go, to go to my question here. We know that Trump is highly effective in being a uh, in using propaganda and marketing, but he's also he doesn't know how to bring it in and adjust. He's not he's not Putin. He's not he's also not Hitler. He, he's not like like they don't know how to and, and, and they, he doesn't know how to figure out how to be strategic. Like people met Hitler and liked Hitler. People don't know this like. A lot of people initially thought Hitler was going to be good, including America and lots of other people. He was very charming, like, and he knew how to bring it in when he needed to. Trump does not. But what Trump has shown is that our system could be vulnerable to somebody that understands how to bring it in and how to be a little more self-aware and emotional intelligence to use propaganda when they need to and pull back. And perhaps our system is vulnerable for breaking. I want to know the thoughts on that. We know Trump, it looks like Trump is not going to be it's not going to stay there. I mean, you can't guarantee anything, but the, the tea leaves look like it's starting to come out that he's not going to be able to stay. But can there be someone who uses the same playbook that is more effective? Or is this unique to Trump because he's just so shameless? What are you guys' yeah, thoughts on I, that? I, I'll, I'll jump on this uh, grenade here. Um, I, I don't know. Who knows, right? We'll see. But I believe, I think that Trump is a very unique individual. I think that he has a combination of a lot of things that have allowed him to get this far. Um, meaning, you know, I think James just referenced it, the shamelessness. A lot of people have a guardrail somewhere in their head where they won't say certain things, period. Um, and he just doesn't seem to have that, um, which, which also is what got him enamored to the base in 2015, 2016 when he was campaigning. Um, because remember, he had balls, right? Mexico going to pay for that wall. Just ban Muslims. He said things that a regular politician wouldn't say. And then I think a lot of things have happened. Donald Trump is a very unique individual in the American landscape for the last generation or two, right? I mean, I remember watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous when I was a kid in the mid late 80s, and he was on there. Then he had The Apprentice. Remember, there, it would take a lot for someone to repeat how he basically laid the groundwork for being part of the American culture prior to running. And so I, I, I think that it's a very, he's a unique individual for many reasons, but I do think you're right. And that's one thing I wanted to um, point out in our discussion here, which is what he's pointed out actually, and, and, and I've said this to James in separate conversations, you know, I never really understood like the kind of libertarian thing about a limited government and all that stuff and, and kind of the Thomas Jefferson thing that we don't want tyranny. And like, it took Trump for me to really appreciate how the messiness and intricateness of our system is so protective of the overall system, right? Like what we just talked about coming in, the judges rejecting his attorney stuff. Um, you know, like you guys said about, I read the, the details about what happened with Lindsey Graham and the secretary of state of Georgia and the secretary of state, he said, and when he was being interviewed, he goes, one of the things I told Senator Graham was, 
what you're asking me, if even, even if I wanted to do it, I can't because we have 200 counties in Georgia and each county has its own different system and the way they report it up to us. And so it's just like, I just thought, man, I never been, I, I never been so kind of thankful and grateful for this. Yeah. This I system. thought about the same thing. And I, and I never, yeah. like, I never kind of understood, like now I don't want it like a, a traditional open democracy, which is a 51% rule. I don't want all that stuff because I notice, yeah, like you get the wrong person in there and they'll, they'll, they'll get that majority quickly. And, and maybe we should like that as sausage being made and it's ugly. Cause like we just said, right at the beginning that human beings don't want reason when you're talking about masses, Probably me included. If it was some issue that I really cared about, I wouldn't yeah, want to be well, reasonable. I think. Wait, wait. Yeah, what, what, Hamilton had a line on this. He said, "No, yeah." yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what was Hamilton's line? Day would be like, "No." Yeah, man. Then I got to yeah. give up my my green screen, and I got problems. So you know, but but now, nah, but just to finish my thought, and then and then I give up the floor. Is um is um is that is that you know, like we were talking, alluding to earlier, is that the the messiness of the system and the whole, that's why I feel like it, it's such a, it makes me appreciate such a beautiful system the founders created, which is, it's supposed to work against our reason and, and, and or sorry, our emotion and force us to, to have dialogue and, and debate to kind of get to the reason so that we can agree on something. Right. And yeah, it's just like fascinating, say- but that's where... No, I was going to say, like, I think that I agree with that in the sense that the system actually held up pretty well. Um, Yeah. Now, obviously, someone more skilled may be able to do more damage. But it had its moments, but but it didn't break. Well, but but the reason for that isn't really the system. Um, Any democratic system, you need large scale buy in. And I think what was revealed um, recently, what we've seen over the past, let's say, five to 10 years, is that there are a substantial number of Americans that are not really too enamored with democracy if they don't win. And so that being exposed, I think, is the thing that could subsequently be weaponized uh, by someone who may be more skillful at being able to play the game. Because like we've seen, like there are people, if if I don't win the election, the election wasn't legit. And a lot of people will get on board with that sentiment. And that's well, you I mean, can't that's like, exactly what's been going on for three weeks. People say, well, we need to get rid of illegal. Vote. How are they illegal? They're just not legal. Like, why are they not legal? Because I didn't, didn't win. Vote <laughs> but, but, you know what? Part of it. And, um, but and James, people, but you, people you, believe or but, people. The question is, did they believe it or did they just want to believe it because they didn't win? They're no, willing think, to believe James, it without James, because, again, all of this stuff, it's not just about what you will believe. I'm willing to believe a lot of things if you substantiate it. The issue is not what people are willing to believe. It's what they're willing to believe without any evidence or without any substantiation. And so that's what I mean. Like, with, me, with, with a clear, a clear, with clear facts over and over and over again, well, even evidence from on the within other their side. own organization, but, but that remember, is not true. But Rob, ahead, Simon Sinek had that great book, Why Facts Don't Matter. Remember that. That's why you remember no. he said politicians with a 12-point plan don't win. But James, I want to allude to something you've mentioned in the past, which helps explain it, I think, which is... Because it's, I look at it as, as if, if we were, if this was, if I had a big pot of stew, in, you know, here, and we had a bunch of ingredients, and then I got to mix it up. That's how. Hey man, you're making it, me right? hungry over here, thing. man. It's, I know I haven't hey, eaten, man. man so yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I got some Ferrero Rochers, if you want, but um, <laughs> I'll throw them. I'll throw them at you, but um, but um, but no, because I feel like there's several ingredients that got us here, and one of them was going back to the original comments, Rob, about the propaganda. Because James, you've alluded to this, which is if the opponent is so bad, 
then what happens is it, it gets people to a place where they'll put up with anything because the ends justify the means. And so the propaganda, right? The propaganda and, says and, that we, anybody that voted against. No, 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 person. Rob, it's deeper than that because okay, I've been down this rabbit hole. What I'm saying is I, I told James this in the summer. I was out at the sandbar and having another family with a big Trump flag on their boat. It's all good. We're having beers together. I'm having a good time with them. And somehow the lady brings up the election and it's okay. You know, and I'm like, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's just, she said, Oh man, but the, you know, all the politicians are full of shit. Da, da, da. I'm going to vote for Trump. And I said, well, I think everyone's full of shit. That's kind of was my olive branch, you know? Right. And then she goes right into the whole thing about Democrats being pedophiles. I can't fucking vote for Biden and then pedophiles. Rob, I'm telling you, man, that shit is out there and people believe it. And the thing is, is that this is where I think Democrats and just not even the left, because, again, I consider myself kind of an in anybody that believes in the believes truth in, in America, like reason. And, and, and actually, that, like James said, I just need evidence before I call someone a pedophile. Dennis I mean, Hastert, something. Well, Dennis Haster from your state was a pedophile because the guy ratted on him and then they found three million dollars in bank payments to the guy. And then when they asked him, why the fuck you pay this guy $3 million for the, over the past 20 years, then he admitted, because I raped the guy when he was in high school. Wait, okay. that's, not, that's not, I think that was Illinois, but go ahead. Don't, Illinois, don't, I'm sorry. Don't, sorry. Don't put yeah, guys, you guys, right. sorry, hold on. Let me call <laughs> Let me call out your state. You got Jim Jordan. The evidence oh, isn't yeah, there yeah, yet, yeah. but he's, he's guilty. But, <laughs> yeah, Jim Jordan. But, but yeah. no, but my point, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, that's is true. that, um, the wrestler. Is that, is that, that's where I think. I don't claim him either, though. Go ahead. But Rob, but that's where I think. A lot of people that want to see this go away are missing that part of it. This has been, that's why I said, it's been 10 to 12 years of an effective ecosystem led by the algorithms and all that. And that's what my issue is with big tech, like Facebook. They've been allowing this on their platforms and they know it. And, you know, it's- Market it's, incentive. I, I hate Market to use- uh, Yeah, and I hate to use the R word, but I think this is where regulation is definitely needed. I mean, the government needs to say, you guys are- you are basically committing treason at this point if, if, if we don't regulate you because you're destroying. This, Good luck. This. So here's the thing. People are moving. Here's the hard part of that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not against regulation either. Yeah. But I also know that people are moving off Facebook right now because they think even though Facebook's really not is not really regulating things, they they think because they tell them this no, might I be know. false. I mean, well, so like, like what's people, happening with Newsmax well, and Fox but, now. But, right. So like, so like you're not going to yeah. eliminate it all, though. The issue is that you want to return it to the fringe. Exactly. Like, so there's John Birch, well, you know, existed, yes. you know, like this isn't the first time we have uh, conspiracy theories, yeah. but the so, problem so, is so let me get to that because that's my next, go ahead. No, I was going to say the problem yeah, is they've that, been, that's they've my been next mainlined. question, really. Yeah. They've been mainlined. Not only have they been mainlined, the, pre the president of the United States right now is the leader in conspiracy and propaganda theories. And then tr Trump had to go along with them. And then you either had what, uh, what James has said, you had cowards or traitors on the Republican side. People just wouldn't say anything. And they would come high like I like I know some Republican senators, and I would I would I would ask them how are things in Washington. He said, "Oh, they're crazy, Rob. Crazy, Rob." I would say, "Well, speak up." I know. <laughs> and then and then and then you'd have people that would just go along with it. They'd just be traitors, right? People that would say, "Oh, yeah, there was a bunch of fraud, and Biden's not uh, Biden's not president elect." That's one. That's our current example, but it's not surprising people believe it. This is where we need to go, though. We know propaganda has been used. We know it's been very effective. We know it's been. I think it's been more than ten years. It's really been twenty or thirty years of systematic thought and they have the it's been weaponized with social media social media has made it more effective 
but it's been in place for a long time. So this brings us yeah, to you where can, we are right now. You can now. chart it actually from the fairness doctrine uh, in terms yep. of when the, the shackles came off the media and what they what could is the say to you doctrine? and how they- People might not know. Why don't you tell well, them what it is? Just, the fairness doctrine was regulation that was put in place back in the 40s once you first started having broadcast media, which regulated the, the, the way the issues were presented, issues of public importance. It regulated the way that they were presented. And so that's why when, when Reagan gets rid of the, the fairness doctrine, that's why you have uh, right wing talk radio pop up right after that, because they no longer were constrained in terms of how they presented issues. They were right, allowed you used to, to have to issues. show both sides. When you talked about an issue, you'd have somebody have to have a counterbalance to make you'd sure you yeah, like it, it was, it, it's a little more complex than that. That's why I didn't. I wasn't specific, but it was regulated right, but in I, terms of I how it was just, presented. Generally, it was regulated. You couldn't call yourself news and come out and not have a a real balanced approach to your news. Essentially, Correct. that that's what it. Before that, that's the easiest way of describing it. Yeah, it's now, not, And I guess hey, the best way to say it is that's not a complete way to describe it, but that's an, that's a that's kind of the gist of it. Is that you had to present right. things with both sides, you know, type of thing. That's kind of the gist of it. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and now you can have entertainment and say it's news. You couldn't do that before. I mean, so that's that's basically what's going on. And people believe, or their minds allow them to believe, they're watching news when you're not. You're watching an entertainer. You're watching a provocateur. You're watching somebody that is trying to get you entertained and keep you entertained. That it, they're not trying to inform you. They're not trying to tell the truth. Their goal is to entertain you and make you feel good. You'll come back, which is why you go to Hollywood. Like, <laughs> but it's not why you should be watching the news. I would get, if you, I get not watching that feeling. You want to feel good. Go watch a Disney movie. If you want well, the truth, we should have real journalism. And and that's go why ahead. you also see the way this stuff is presented with character development and, and story arcs where you have a villain, like a villain that's pure evil. Like Tunde yep. was talking about, you have these, these pedophiles that need to be stopped. Like I was telling Tunde the other day, like there's more nuance in like the Avengers, you know, in game than there than a lot of these media companies. Like there's nuance in terms of the bad guys and the good guys and what yeah. the motivations are. A lot of this stuff with the media now, news media, quote unquote, that the way they present things, there's this bad, like it's the devil and then it's the good guys and that's it. And like everything is framed in that way. And so and the reason, <laughs> but the reason it's presented that way is to give you a, a story arc where there's the bad guys and they're just bad. There's no explanation for why they're bad. They're just bad and they just do bad things. And yeah. there's the good guys and they're fighting for you all the time. There's no reason they're good. They're just good. And so, and that's how news is presented <laughs> to people now in that framework because that will keep your attention. And so, yeah, that's what I said. And the market incentive is there to present this stuff as entertainment, to keep eyeballs or to keep ears, to keep attention. And as a result, you have all this stuff being presented to people like it's like it's a movie, like it's a, a story arc. Oh, man, I think you hit it. You hit, you hit it on the ground <laughs> there, man. And I, I mean, I really, you Sorry really, to, if we, listen, on. if we had a mic, we need to drop it right now. James just had a drop the mic moment. Just drop <laughs> let it. Me, let, me, let me do this, Rob. Let me mess up the show. Let me share the screen real quick. I got something to piggyback on James's comment I want to put up here for the audience. All right. So I wanted to share and piggyback off James's comments about heroes and villains because, um, you know, I've donated money to everybody. And so um, I'm, I get emails from the Trump campaign. and. <laughs> just reading this, um, and I'll, I not just, I mean, if you're seeing this for the first time watching yeah, this, I mean, then, we got we should read this out loud. Just no, to make and, sure I, and, I, and I get five of them a day. In so, wait, I want to read this because people listen to yeah. this podcast. Okay. This is this, this is a, this is an email. This is, yeah, so I, I want people to understand this is an email that the Trump campaign sends to supporters. It starts like this The left hates you, 
They hate you, Tunde. That's what the liberal uh, elites think of you. They hate everything you stand for. And now they're trying to take away the election. We can't let them get away with this. President Trump is, uh, Trump is calling on his strongest defenders, like you, to step up and fight back against the radical left and their attempts to undermine this election. Tunde, when did this message come to you? Um, this one particularly, give me one second. I guess it's on the email, so I can't see. Um, came this Friday to th- three days ago at 10.37 p.m. But I've gotten probably another 10 since then, as, as recently as just a few right, hours so ago. so I'm going to take that Actually, off the screen and, now. And so. Don't miss the part in red that's right after the left hates you, Tunde, where it says Representative Omar called Trump rallies or tr- called Trump events are clan rallies. And I guess to, to quote squad member Ilan Omar. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Cause I was go going ahead. down. There was a bit squad more. Squad member Ilan was. Omar said Trump events are clan rallies there. So in that sentence, you have a villain and then you have the villain yep. attacking you for, for no reason, you know, like yeah, yeah. Then also, <laughs> the villain is just evil attacking. And then go like, down. That, let's, that let's see what else they Megatron. Think about. You, it, in this email, but, Ilan but, Omar is Megatron. Just shows up, just yep. attack you, you know. But think about also the the skillful nature of this of this publication. That's why I'm saying, Rob. Like I don't. I started laughing at first, but then I when it kept kept being repetitive, I realized there's a lot of thought into whoever wrote this. There's no question, and it's very psychological because think about it. What's one thing that a lot of Trump supporters really gets them? Irritated is being, they hate called, being racist. called racist. They don't mind. So, so the fact that they put in here that she's she's calling Trump rallies Klan rallies, that's also going to get someone's ire. It's going to trigger them to respond. Then look at where the capitals are. It's about you. It's making it personal. And then down here is where I was going to again capital unhinged. Yeah, yeah it's so all they about physically assault. Protect. They say they physically assault yeah, Trump supporters. You, you, so it's setting them up like these people are trying to commit violence. They are trying correct. to hurt you. These are the people that are on the other side. But you see what I'm saying? And they claim too, that we are James, the ones dividing the nation. But, it's despicable. That's but thing. James and I have talked about this because it's an ecosystem. Think about it. Yep. They physically attack Trump supporters. And then it's funny. I got a meme from my buddy who's a, who's a big MAGA guy. Um, after, uh, when was it? Last weekend or the weekend before when the, 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 the MAGA march in D.C.? Oh, yes. And the meme was an older Trump um, uh, supporter. You know, he had the Trump shirt. The older gentleman looked like he's maybe in his 60s. And I guess he got his ass kicked by some of the anti-Trump people. You know, typical skirmish bullshit, right? Yeah. But they and, were fighting. But, that was, but were... that was taken and circulated in that ecosystem of course. about see how they're how they're how they're attacking us. Yes. So that's what I mean is they're very um, and that's why I'm saying Democrats. The propaganda is that that anybody that votes against Trump or is not Republican is an enemy combatant. Correct. They are trying to destroy the nation. That out of the 70 million people that voted for Trump, the 70 percent that that feel that the election was stolen are the people that buy into this. So probably that means that at least 50 million of our fellow Americans will believe this. And it's probably a bigger number because there's a lot of people I'm sure that didn't vote. And, um, and so that's what I'm saying on a serious note, if I can say anything on this show tonight is people, whether they're Democrats, moderates, Republican, Lincoln Project people, people that don't believe that that stuff's effective that I just put on the screen need to take that very serious. I'm getting bombarded by it. 
It's very and, effective. The man if, has raised lots of money. He got look. Biden got more votes than anybody in history. Guess who got the second most yeah, than Donald anybody Trump. in history? Donald <laughs> Trump. So this is not to be underestimated. Yeah, this, this is not to is be serious. trivialized. So I want to say, what can we do? What can people who are seeking truth? My, this is my right. This is my recommendation. As I said it, but I need to say it again because it's very important. This is you cannot underestimate this. You should not trivialize this. This is serious. It is a threat to our democracy. It's a threat to our freedom. It's a threat to your prosperity. If we are divided amongst each other and we can't govern, we cease to exist as a nation and we can't do anything effectively. No matter what you think, you need a functioning government. If you don't have a functioning government, you will not succeed as an institution. Our government must function. And Russia's job and why they're so effective at propaganda is that they want to make sure their their government functions in a way where right now Putin can rule and take over and he'd rather have America weak. And right now we're kind of complying. So I think that's why people really need to understand and, uh, and understand that this is a, this is a serious, serious, serious threat. I think that's the, the, the biggest thing you can do is to first understand the seriousness of the problem before you can address it. That's number one. There's a lot of things I think we can do, but I want to start there and then I want to get ready to conclude with you guys. And I might have some few wrapping up points. James, what do you think we need to do? as proponents of truth, as believers in the American system, as flawed as it is, but we still want to make sure it's preserved so we can continue to improve it. I mean, the system is not going to be perfect, but, you know, human beings are flawed, you know, so like that. And the system does try to account for that, which is good. And you're correct in the sense that the any government that's of the people, by the people and for the people will fail if the people hate each other. You know, like so there needs to be some way that we can provide for the ability to get information that isn't about hustling us all the time. You know, that isn't about just looking at us as profit centers that we need, that need to be given certain things in order so that they stay around any of us, you know, like it's one set of, of media that's looking to target some people and another set of media that's looking to target another set of people. And then you have some media that's trying to play it straight. And oftentimes they're the ones that make the least amount of money playing it straight is this is not new. Like playing it straight, just giving news makes the least amount of money. You know, and, and it used to be brought to have a broadcast license. You had to have a news bureau when when there were when you, the government actually was in the business of giving people broadcast licenses because there was limited spectrum. Now anybody can broadcast anything at any time, so that's not really doable anymore. What needs to happen is that you need to find a way to separate entertainment from news in the, the from the market uh the market signal standpoint what we're seeing is a natural evolution of the fight for eyeballs the reason why facebook is a cesspool with conspiracy theory and all of these groups that get together and and plot terrible things about each other about people is because that makes people that engages people that makes people stay on the platform so facebook they get more money the longer you stay on the platform so the things that people are are staying all get into and want to keep coming back to and stay on for the market forces tell facebook that they need all that conspiracy theory stuff and so ultimately as long as the market forces alone dictate how we get our information how they get how we get our entertainment Whatever, but how we get our information, as long as market forces are dictating that, then giving news will not happen. Right now, news media organizations are forced to choose between making money and delivering truthful information. And so as long as that is the market set up, then we're going to take L's as far as our society being able to recognize important issues and deal with important issues. And you know what? 
it's kind of important for societies to be able to recognize important issues and deal with important issues if it wants to sustain them. If they want to sustain themselves, themselves. Agreed. Tune in. Yeah, no, it's it's um, you know I think we've got a long term, uh, long road ahead. Um, I think that and I've said this before that you know Donald Trump probably gets too much credit and too much blame for a lot of things because he's not the one that started this and it's not going to end when he's out. Um, and so I think that um, people need to stop looking at him and start looking at past him and how we're going to deal with this when he's out. And I think now James makes day. a great point that. Yeah. Now, Tunde, you know Donald Trump would never allow us to do that. No, but listen, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. But obviously, he's not going to be president in a, in a month or two months, whatever time it is, time frame. But, um, but the, the idea, and remember, he's 75, so he'll be dead at some point in the next 20 years, right? So some, But this isn't going away. This, this is he's humanity. Superman to some people. Yeah. I don't know. We'll this, see. This, this, yeah, um, like, but to yeah. James's, no, but to James's <laughs> point is this, is this is the evolution of our ecosystem with media. So I think we're in, uh, like I said, society will figure out how to deal with this probably over the next decade or two, but it'll be painful yeah. until we get there. You have a lot of or faith in it'll society. deal with like, us. I think people have. Or we'll collapse. Yeah, one or the or other. Deal I mean, with yes, or it will deal with us. That's very That's well stated. It, it will either fix it or we'll collapse. One or the other. Yeah, look, I, it's, I believe as we wrap up, there is, I, I agree in the long term, a lot of things that James said, we, we have to look at it will, you, you said as well, we might have to look at regulation and how we do this. We'll have to look at uh, perhaps how our how our news media is driven. It shouldn't be a pure market force uh, driven for for new for particularly with uh, with news and how we get information, entertainment, whatever. Have at it. That's what entertainment is for. It's for fantasy. But how we actually get information about the government and things like that should be based on some facts rooted in facts not just entertainment and how we want to feel. Uh, but I think long-term, those are long-term things. In the short-term, Democrats, uh, independent-minded, conservatives, libertarians, people that are interested in the truth need to understand what we're up against and understand that propaganda is being used. Propaganda is very profitable. It's very effective for power. So there needs to be a whole anti-propaganda machine. And it's not just us responding to uh, to propaganda with the truth that what that does not work. If if li- if a lie is told a thousand times, the truth has to be told ten thousand times. It has to be reinforced over and over and over again. People need to understand what's being presented in front of them is propaganda and not point by point. Because often the the trick is people try to respond to the truth at every single moment when the lie comes at you, the truth comes at you, the lies come at you. That doesn't work. You have to overall help people see the narrative as it comes along and then have other people that can relate to the, to the people that are being disenfranchised, say the message too. And there has to be a strategy. And most importantly, people have to understand it's necessary to invest resources and time in doing this in the short term, as well as look to the long-term solutions. Because if we don't, I'm afraid we could end up collapsing ourselves and, and it could be something where we have to deal with it because it destroys our government at least, at, at least for a time. So I don't want to see that happen. And we, we can't let the right propaganda, what I mean by that is the right using the propaganda or propaganda being used in the right in the right in the right way, which will always undermine us, whether it's left or right, it doesn't matter. Propaganda, if we don't get a hold of it, but maybe the left starts using it and then we just all live in our own false realities and we all just tear each other apart and believe that everybody on the other side is a horrible person. We cannot survive doing that. Uh, but we still have to understand this is not a Pollyannish way. And the only thing I say, because I, I think there are some in the, in the new administration that believe that 
if we just say the truth and we are nice, that that's going to solve the problem. It will not solve the problem. <laughs> we have well, to have a the sentiment, we have the way. Though, you shouldn't throw that sentiment away because I think with propaganda and with the efforts that are being made, um, you have to look at what they're trying to do in, toward, in terms of trying to address them. And what they're trying to do is divide people to make people not see their own commonality, not see their own their, yes. each other's humanity. And so part of the efforts to counteract it, as you point out, you can't just try to put out all these fires that are putting it out. What you have to do is try to make it so that you, you fireproof the system. And so it, you focus on trying to make people and, and show people their commonality and interest, show people that their problems are tied together, you know, and, and then you try to inoculate them basically against the propaganda that's going to keep the propaganda is going to keep coming, you know. And so propaganda is going to keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to make it so that people understand that we are all and in it's this going together. to and it's going to evolve too. I mean, we're not we didn't even get into the deep fakes and the fact that people can now make something look like they can make Rob Richardson they say something Rob Richardson never said. <laughs> they can they create, create substantiation. Yeah, <laughs> they can create evidence and people will believe <laughs> that. And then you have to be ready for that. So I just we I agree with you, James. We de- we definitely have to operate in a level that tries to bring people together. But then we have to realize. Who, who and what we're going against and have a direct response to it, because that's the only way we're going to bring people together. We have to make sure that people that we win the war in terms of information. Otherwise, we lose. One of the things I want to add on a serious note, because I've got um, several close people in my life that do um, kind of drink this Kool-Aid. And for anyone listening or watching that has, uh, you know, that deals with people like this, I think it's very important. Like you said, Rob, you don't try and combat them with, because, you know, I've, I've already raised two, two kids in their twenties. So I've, I've been a parent of teenagers and, you know, it's like when our daughter, you know, her first boyfriend, we didn't, you know, we weren't a huge fan of him, but my wife was the one telling me and she was right. Listen, if we act like we don't like him, she's just going to move out with him. You know, like she's right. So, so you gotta, you gotta just, <laughs> you just gotta stay calm, and and because you know they're gonna do, they're gonna rebel. And I think that if if we're serious about all of this, you know, not wanting to see this permeate our our democracy, I think those of us that are on the side of the argument that we're on in tonight's discussion need to also have some emotional discipline and not not look at them people that believe this that they're stupid. Not call them stupid, not because that's just going to drive them further into this, this this rabbit hole. We need to embrace them and remind them, especially like most of the people I know weren't always like this. 10, 15 years ago, they were more rational and moderate politically. They just got kind of ginned up and went down this rabbit hole. And it's like the cults, you know, you somehow got to pull them back out. But it takes time, too. And so. Just be patient with, with these folks. It but, takes um, time and it takes the same amount of consistency because people yeah. are still going to keep trying to put them in that in the propaganda because it works so effectively. Why would people stop? No, but that's my point. Like we're part of the solution in that way, too. It's all the, we're all part of the ecosystem together, I guess, is my point. And if yeah. we're going to point fingers and say they need to look and be open to a democracy that involves people that think other than they do. Right. And legitimize when their opponent wins. We need to take some emotional discipline and not just belittle them and just at least calm down and say, guys, you know, I agree. And, and it's very yeah. hard to do, but it is necessary because we we have to for America. But uh, we want to get ready to conclude. Until next time, I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. And I'm Tunde. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.